Yep, it's the Jeremy Webisodes podcast. Here we go. I got it. I'm just going to come right out of the out of the thing with it. Closet? No. Oh. <laughs> Out of the right. blocks. Oh. It's a racing term. Oh, okay, sorry. I'm going to come right out of the blocks, out of the gate. Okay. Closet? Not closet. <laughs> okay? No, really. When I say okay, I'm going to need a little affirmation. Oh. Uh, okay. Hey, it's, that's between you and your Hey. Yeah. Joss isn't here tonight. It still is the Jeremy Webisodes podcast. It is webisode number 43. We did record it on a Wednesday night, May 19th, 2021. And the lava lamp is in fact burning brightly in the lab as a beacon for all the lost souls in the world. May they find their way home. But Joss didn't find his way here tonight. So we're on another kind of like I started off on a weird foot. Coming out the gate, not the closet. See, quit left. I mean, I don't even know. It's not. Now it's weird. <laughs> now you're just both smiling at me. So Joss isn't here tonight. Okay, Mister Feedback is doing a is is doing a twofer. We got him back to back Mister Feedback episode. So let's can we. We have a huge studio audience. So thanks for being back or coming back. Thanks for having me. Choosing to be back. Yeah. Um, I'm still full of donut. In fact, I was eating donuts all week. I just finally disposed of the last of the donuts. I think the box is still in the trash can out there. So did you bring more donuts? Because hopefully you no, didn't. I'm I did little... not. I did not. I brought something else, but I didn't bring donuts. What did you bring tonight? Uh, mystery booze. Okay. Well, you know, we usually drink just right at the top of the show. So, let's do, I mean, I feel, I don't see why we should hesitate to get into the mystery booze. It's, it's just a, a bottle with a resealable cap, you know, like the metal enclosure with a plastic top. Is it... Um, kind of like Grolsch beer. Yeah, how do we, what do you want us uh, to do here? I have a little, I have two so different glasses this ready. Is, this is, uh, well, I don't want to give anything away. It's not anything incredibly special. It's more of just to see if you can, A, guess what kind of booze it is in okay. general. And then we'll just get your, and then get your opinions. That's okay. it. That's it. It's no nothing. Let me just ask you this: homemade. It's not homemade. So this nope. is a, like a commercially available. Yes. Walk into your local liquor store, kind of something like that. Uh, is it it's high end, low end? I mean, can, can you give me a, a price nah, range? I, I don't. No, I'm not going to tell you. That that okay. may give you a tip. Okay. All right. Here I'm going to do a pour. Okay. You got any? What do you got, Ryan? Ooh, okay. uh, you're, you're. I think you're gonna, Jeremy. You will guess the the uh, the general type. I think it's it's like smoky tequila. I don't know. Or are we saying it's the whiskey? I'll, I'll give you the nose on it right now. Smelling corn. I'm smelling moonshine. Right. I'm smelling. A, mm. But it, then, but I'm also maybe maybe I'm not. Maybe my nose is deceiving me. Now that I'm smelling it more, 
Now I'm smelling single malt. Yeah, now I'm smelling the rye. <laughs> I haven't tasted it yet. I'm just smelling. It's, it's kind of like a smoky... Uh, oh, yeah. So, now, yeah, it's definitely, a, it's definitely a scotch. Mm. I'm going to say, before I've even tasted it, I'm going to say it's definitely a single malt. Okay, so... At first, it's coming. It's very, you know, it's got that very alcoholic smell. It, it it kind of fooled me at first. I was smelling moonshine. I smelled corn, but now I feel like I was. I'm smelling more single malt. Um, and then the taste is. Is it? Uh, it's Ralph's brandy. It's <laughs> not very smoky, and you were kept oh, really? talking about all this I, stuff. I mean, it's not like... The, the taste isn't smoky, but the smell to me is. Yeah, it's not like Lafroig. You know, it's got a pretty... The taste is kind of... To me, it's, it smells like cheap tequila, but... It's kind of like cheap scotch, mm-hmm. is what it kind of tastes like. I love it. It's like a $2,000 bottle of something. I'm, I don't know. I'm going to say... I'm going to say, you know... I'm gonna say Scotch or single malt, and I'm gonna say not too awfully expensive. Chivas Regal. Yeah, that's what it was like in a Chivas Regal range, exactly. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. yeah. All right. So you're you're you guys are pretty good actually. It is Scotch, Scotch whiskey, no e. It's not a single malt though. It is a blended Scot- Scotch whiskey. Okay. Eighty proof. Kirkland. Wow. Nice. Okay. This Costco Kirkland brand, which who knows could be made by Shipping. Now, let it me is- just let me just be the, the the caveat to that is it is a blended scotch whiskey, right? So both the sources are single malt. Well, all right, fine. Right? So it's prime, it's, it's, it's 100% made of malted barley. Yes. Um and it it's is, Kirkland uh, brand. It is. So yeah. I pretty oh, I much mean, nailed it, it. It's made. Okay. So Alexander Murray and Company, Aberdeen, Scotland. So okay. I mean, yeah, some large brewery, I'm sure. All right. Sweet. Nice. Nice to know the things that the, the things still working. Yeah. I'm impressed. Uh, I'm impressed that you came back because you're not a big Scotch guy. <laughs> you knew Scotch and that it was fairly inexpensive, probably because yeah. it's kind of burny. Well, that and it just doesn't have a whole lot of robust character. There's no peatiness. Nope. There's none of the stuff that people that want that and drink scotch want in their scotch, right? It had a very kind of like the 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 no lingering aftertaste. It kind of just quit on me. There was nothing about it that tasted expensive. Let's put it I, that way. I think the the flavor, the taste, is way better than the smell. It's it's, um, it's, a, it's a, for no, you. I can I see the, why you would like the taste because it's clean. It's yeah. in, it's very kind of you know. Yeah. Doesn't you know? There's not a whole lot of smell weird smell. aftertaste. The smell is, you know. Anyway, it's it's very alcoholic, right? That's why I said moonshine. I'm like, I'm smelling the still, for sure. Anyway, cool. Well, that was rad. Thanks for bringing that. I uh, I'm now going to uh, dip into the Buffalo Trace a little bit to wet my palate. Yeah. So we always like to pair things weirdly. On the show, and now we're we're pairing uh, tonight. We've paired a, uh, a a Kirkland blended Scotch with uh, burritos. We've been eating some weird burritos on the show that like don't have any kind of uh, you know. A couple weeks ago, we had a bunch of burritos on the show that didn't have any sort of Mexican anything inside them. There was a falafel burrito. It was wild. Tonight we ate burritos that had 
all sorts of weird stuff in them, but they it seemed a little more like Mexican, yeah, right to me. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because of you, Ryan. And I wanted to I wanted to talk about a point that I think will lead to other points of conversation. Okay. And that point is that you you're not really a big fan of the mixed meats. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like when we get like a fried rice, or if we get like a lo mein. <clears throat> Or, or anything where you have the opportunity to get like a house lo mein or how they're going to throw a bunch, like a bunch of different kind of meats in there. You don't really like to do that. You kind of want to focus on a specific meat. I mean, I think it's, it's clear that pork is the number one meat. So like if you get a fried rice or a lo mein or whatever, you want the pork. You don't want yeah. the house. You don't yeah. want the shrimp. Pork, you don't want the rice, chicken. Chicken fried rice. It's not the right move. Not the right move. Now, feedback. You are a mixed meat guy? I mean, I'll happily eat just the traditional pork one, but yeah, I always get the house fried rice. The house special, right? Oh, yeah. So, and the reason, again, that I'm bringing this up is because, so we ordered from this kind of specialty burrito place tonight. And believe me, I'm not bringing up this topic to harp on you all night. It will, it will transition onto another some more talking points but we have we're gonna have the only way out is through yeah, okay. at this point so so it's not yeah okay so you so for instance what i got tonight i i got a uh, a shrimp and bacon you know burrito i think simon got uh what'd you get in your burrito the surf and turf, surf and turf california so the surf and turf california so it had fries in it. If you have you ever see a, a avocado, usually right. If you ever see a, a burrito, so we have obviously a huge burrito culture here in California, and there's there's some specifics that I like to point out. There's the California burrito, which means it's going to have fries in it. It's kind of like the equivalent of a Permani Brothers sandwich, you know, in in the Philadelphia Pittsburgh area. Is it? I think it's more Pittsburgh than Philadelphia. You know, we got we got we get California burritos. They have the 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 fries in them. I'm not generally the huge fan of that. I was never a big fan of the Permani Brothers sandwich with the with the fries on it. So once you get the bread and the fries, it's a little it's a little much. I just want the, like the meat and the bread. I'm not that picky. So California burritos. So Simon's had steak and shrimp. Now does that that freaks you out, right? Because it's it sea and land. It freaks me out. I will eat it. But if I had my choice, so like when you talk about, let's go bacon and shrimp. That was money. You have bacon. Yeah. It is, oh. Right, it's pretty like much it's, like it's the. up there. So why would you degrade it with a shrimp, even if the shrimp's only Well, you're just going to have a down? bacon burrito? Well, no, I'm just that's the example. You well, made. yeah, maybe but you do. Maybe you do. I mean, even the like the ancient Chinese knew that pork and shrimp go well together. But okay, okay, so. So Simon had the, 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 the Surf and Turf California, which is steak, shrimp, and French fries, which you've established. The other burrito I wanted to mention was the Mission style, also a California style. And that's the one that has a bunch of rice in it. That's like the one that when we would be in Santa Santa Barbara and get like the, you know, the Tio Della Alberto's or the T- like T.A.'s. Yeah, in San Francisco too. I think I think it's San Francisco, right, Simon? Do you know anything about a mission burrito? See, mission burrito, a lot of rice in them. Really like them. Look like a size of a football. I do too. I don't hate it, especially as like a, you're drunk into the night. Oh yeah, real good. 
tonight we didn't we didn't go mission style. Simon went California style. Here's the thing I like to point out. This place has the surf and turf, and they also have the Tierra Imar, which is surf and turf in Spanish, which is what feedback had. And what what was the difference between the surf and turf and the the Tierra Imar? Do we know? Uh, I looked at both on the menu, and I don't remember. Other but than, you went with the Tierra. Oh yeah, yeah. It had Chipotle sauce. I remember that. That was a difference. It did not have avocado. I think. Okay. It was a couple of. But it was shrimp in. in it was a it mixed was, meat. Yeah, yeah. It was. See, it was I went mixed meat. I went with the shrimp in and and bacon, and I'm just saying, with you can get a lot out of some some mixed meats. It's good. It's fun. It's it, it can be wild, and. The burrito place that we went to tonight started out as a food truck. And I think you get a lot of this wild, like, combo stuff coming out of food trucks, and I back it. I'm not afraid of putting a bunch of wild stuff together. One of the the, the first people that ever did that kind of thing was the, the big guy in L.A., Roy Choi, who had the, the Kogi or Koji trucks, right, where they started putting korean meats on a taco which is it was it, it's it's absolutely a genius move because here in california we have a lot of korean people and we have a lot of mexican people and we have a bunch of white people that love to eat whatever the hell they can get their hands on so and here's the thing that i've been thinking about for years as a food guy southeast asian Mexican, South American, there's all you I mean, deep South American food, all these different, you know, cultural foods. You can always find the different points where they connect. Maybe it's a chili, maybe it's cilantro. And when you start to think about the flavors of Southeast Asian food and South American or, or specifically Mexican food, let's just say Mexican food, you look at Mexican food, you have cilantro, you have, uh, salsa you know uh tomato based stuff you have a lot of umami you have these you have grilled meats and that stuff all goes great on a taco and then you look at korean food you have kimchi you know which is a, a very flavorful you know marinated vegetable and then you have a bunch of grilled meats oh, i love a korean pickle yeah so what's crazy is Roy Choi's doing this thing in L.A. where he's putting Korean ingredients in a tortilla, and everyone's freaking out. I, I'll never forget when this is happening in L.A. The food truck kind of revolution is happening, and, and people are deciding, oh, you know, we, we, we don't want to pay – uh, and go sit down at a white tablecloth restaurant, but we want to go and have this experience and be able to go to a food truck, but we have these expectations of eating at like white t- tablecloth restaurants. So, you know, and that's what really kind of lit that whole LA food truck thing on fire is the expectation of quality food, but being able to get it, you know, basically on the sidewalk. And so Roy Choi's blowing it up in, in California doing the Koji food trucks or Kogi. How do you pronounce it? What do we know? No idea. Kogi. I'm going to go with the hard G. Meanwhile, you've got David Chang on the East Coast basically doing the exact same thing. And I, I'm pretty sure these two are not communicating at the same time. It's kind of like, you know, uh, pyramids being built in South America and Egypt at the same time. Wild, like wow. aliens. Here's the you know, so I'm talking about Mexican food and Korean food being the same, you know, similar 
flavor profiles. So here was David Chang's genius moment. He took kimchi and he put it in the blender and he called it salsa. Right? Yeah. So simple. He took kimchi, put it in a blender, and put it on a, a marinated meats, and yeah. put it on a tortilla, and then used kimchi as a salsa, uh, blended kimchi as a salsa, and, and cha- revolutionized like the whole mindset on the East Coast of, of how that whole flavor why, profile Why was. is kimchi so magical? Because I mean, there's, I mean, there's so much going on. Oh, I mean, it. I love it, but I that's something that no, no one would voluntarily like you don't have a kid say give me some like basically rotten fermented cabbage well, nobody wants the, that here's the thing there's a term called glorious rot no it's called noble rot right and you you hear it uh, talked about in wine and and the back street street is back <laughs> all right and shady's back so and and, and here's the thing you think about um, things like long term foods that are fermented. Okay, let's just let's just talk about fermented foods, right? Fermented foods alone inc- include things like cheese, mm-hmm. right, and yogurt and all things. And think of cheese. Think of think of all that's going on in that and the flavor profiles, kimchi, um, uh, sauerkraut, pickles. Yeah, right? Anything that's got a beer. Yes. Right? These are we love the and there's there's a lot going on. And there and it obviously appeals to our our taste buds. Um they there are specific flavors and they're called one of the terms is congeners that is that are created by yeast. And it's a flavor that you literally don't get anywhere else in nature other than something that has come through the crucible of surviving the process of yeast eating it alive. You kind of get uh, different balances of salty and sweet. It it creates umami. A young pickle has the brine, so you're getting some salty, but then it still has some sugar left in the, whether it's the vegetable or the yeast or the whatever is going on with it. Um, and so you get a little, you get a little sweet, you get a little salty, and then you go to a more extreme pickle. Those just those percentages change. Exactly the by the literally by the yeah. minute. Yeah. I mean, but you want to break down to the hour, the day. I mean, that's what's the the fun part about fermentation is that. I mean, bread. Again, I mean a long, uh, a long rise versus a short rise. Um, there's an entire school behind, um, you know, I know that you're a, a fan of, of making sourdough and grabbing your own yeast out of the air and, and doing it. There's an entire school behind uh, refrigerated rise, um, and it, it basically retards the process. And it, it, in, in slowing it down, there's that much more fermentation happening, and it's that much more flavorful. So, for instance, rice fermentation. And, and like you're saying, at, at the beginning of the process, it's it's more it's going to be sweeter because there's that much more sugar accessible. It hasn't, it hasn't been consumed and converted, so it's all about finding that balance and the flavor profile you're looking for. Um, I brought up Roy Choi, very interesting guy. The LA changed the LA basically like the brought that whole food truck, you know, scene online. 
started in LA, went everywhere. I mean, arguably there was, like I said, David Chang's doing similar things on the East Coast, but he wasn't doing it in a food truck. Um, so that was that was sick. Recently, Roy has come back into uh, the spotlight and he's doing a new thing in LA that's really cool. And his new iteration of restaurants is called Locale. And basically the idea is that it's a fast food restaurant that is locally sourced. So you want to be able to go through a drive-thru, you want something cheap, you want you want a hamburger and fries. It's local. I don't want local product from the, from local produce and burgers from the inner city of Los Angeles. Well, I mean, you it's know, not that local. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 supposed to be within 100 uh okay, miles of the restaurant. And I think it's in the in and out, you know, uh, radius. I think it's an awesome idea. I think if you could go into, if you're driving into McDonald's, and here's the whole thing is, well, I, I, I want to say, I think if you're driving into McDonald's and you can go through the drive-thru and the, and you know that the meat and the veg on your burger is something that's local, you know, with from within 100 miles of the restaurant, that would make it that much more rad. And, and I would way rather consume that than some mystery meat and stuff, right? Why? What? Because if for whatever reason, uh, I would, I would, you know, um, I would, I would have that much more kind of like knowledge of it. If I really wanted to drive out and see the cow, I could, I can put my finger on it. And I think any, everybody wants to be that much more connected. It's, it's kind of why we're doing what we're doing here. Cause I think that people would rather have a local distiller than buy from a large mass produced. I think people want to be able to know and have a relationship with it. And if for no other reason that they want to back the local producers, they want to back the, 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 the local commerce. And so I would rather go have, you know, some have a burger where I knew that I was sustaining a local farmer and a local baker and a local, you know, whatever, as opposed to going and sustaining some, you know, corporation that I have no idea where any of it is. I wasn't challenging you. I just wanted you to elaborate. Yeah. So anyway, I think it's cool. And the big thing, what was the, the coolest kind of like the game changer of it is, is that, you know, obviously what those big corporations have for them is distribution. And there's distribution channels and networks that make it super easy to do it, do that and, and cheap and affordable. And so what Roy's goal was it was to set out and establish these places and in order to establish the local distribution right the distribution lines the supply chain exactly and the network of distribution and then once those networks started to be established then they can branch out and it can become a uh, and he was just trying to show like it doesn't have to be mcdonald's it doesn't have to be some huge corporation we can establish a network Right. And I think it's a cool idea. I mean, I think that maybe in the last couple of years and it was kind of happening before COVID and then during COVID, I really want to think that people are getting back into the mindset of like taking control and like doing things. And there's the, obviously the people that aren't, that don't want to participate at all. But I'm a big proponent of like doing stuff and not no longer, you know, just being spoon fed, but participating and doing stuff on our own. And most importantly, championing those people, supporting those people that are out there in our communities doing things.
Um, so anyway, he's not we, here, and I'm still infuriated. If we can take away a, a, a feel good moment from the Jeremy Webisodes podcast tonight, it's you know, do stuff. I do it all the time. Yeah, no, you're a doer. There's two two kinds of people in this world. There's the there's the doers and the donters. I don't want to be a donter. It doesn't flow off the tongue as. I got a question for you. Is this wait? Are you are we going into the flat Earth thing? No, no, no. And you can cut this whole part. But I'm legitimately asking a question. Have you ever noticed? And there's no research whatsoever. I've just something that has occurred to me years ago. Why is it always in the southern parts of countries that uh, eat the spicier foods? Southern Spain, southern Italy, uh, south yes, southern India, south uh, you know Mexico versus U.S. I'm assuming as the warmer climate climates grow, you know, hotter peppers and just. But is there any other reason? Is that purely it? That is a great question. I would make the assumption, yeah, that it's got to be climate. That's the shit they the ingredients that they had access to. I mean, Jamaica. Yeah, jerk chicken. Yep. My only uh, my only research is I've grown jalapenos and other peppers a few times, and um, I always find that the the end of the summer, like the hotter portion of the summer, I always tend to get the spiciest peppers. No, it's for sure. Think about it. I mean, that's why they probably a little less water. They didn't have any of that in in Europe. That's why they literally like set out trying to establish roots to India. They're like, we got to get a hold of this cumin shit. This is bomb. I mean, you go to you go to Sweden. Homeland cooking. Right. They were searching for spices and used none of it. Well, yes and no. I mean, they used it to pack shit. You know, I mean, uh, the curry worst in yeah, Germany. That, wasn't, that was later. That's much later. later. That's yeah, yeah. Spice England loves spice a curry. Trade times. Yeah, I'm not, uh, the technical. By the way, I, that was a completely stolen joke. England loves a curry, but yeah, you go to Sweden and they're they're not known for their spicy oh, dishes. That's exactly what I was thinking. You know, you go. You, Southern California, you're talking about all the foods we have. You go to Minnesota, I'm well now obviously you get chains everywhere. You get right. a spicy you get burrito, pimento but loaf. Yeah, exactly right. I'll never forget a, a a friend of mine who you guys all met years ago, who born and raised in Madrid, Spain, ha, had never had a pickle. I gave him a dill pickle, a little baby gherkin or whatever. Hated it, spit it out. They didn't eat them. Not that that's spicy, but it just there's so many palate differences. It's right. bizarre. And then he used he couldn't take. Anything spicy, something that we would not even blink, you know, bat an eye at. Wait, overwhelming. Well, I mean, you, it's, it, you're hard pressed to find black pepper in Europe. It's all white pepper, mm. which is like the, you know, the milder of the two. Yeah. You order hot wings and it's like, not pepper. barbecue but sauce. Deep, deep. So, so much so that when I travel, I take a bottle of hot sauce with me. Yeah. Always. I've done that from the time I was like 14 years old. I've traveled. I used to. It used to be Tabasco originally, and I've moved on now to something a little more exciting. Yeah. But I always travel with a bottle of hot I sauce. Just, I just remember in uh, living in Ireland, um, people would always go, "Oh, you're you know from the states. You gonna, have you been to the Elephant and Castle? They have hot wings, and literally the hottest wings they had were like less than a buffalo. You know, like it was like really this is." This is what we're called. This is what people told me about. Well, geographically speaking, none of it makes sense, right? If you go, you think you're going further south, because it gets hotter because of the weather. It, the Earth's flat, so how does any <laughs> how does any of this matter? 
I'm pretty sure the Earth isn't flat. <laughs> I mean, why is that a thing? Why is it that people are so adamant? Is it? I I like kind of thought it was like a joke. Like people were like, oh, just because they wanted to be like douchebags. Yeah. But then I like started to realize that there's people out there that really think that like there's a conspiracy to convince people that the Earth is round. What are you talking about? It's 2021, bro. We've done a lot of moving around. Yeah. There's really not a whole lot of places you can go in the Earth that we haven't already been. There's you know fewer. Yeah. I mean. Not to mention we've been to space and have like. Now let me ask you this: Do people that are flat Earthers think that we have never been to space and that none of those pictures or and satellites don't exist and we don't have satellites? We don't have SpaceX. I don't know. Radio editing. <laughs> I don't know how to react to any of that. Jeez. Is I wish we- I could, though. It's weird that I'm horny now. <laughs> um, you guys hang out with nerds. <laughs> We're here with you. Yeah. And your point? It is a. It's a great question. Why, why? is it what so important think? to them? Why? Why do they care? Even if they were proven right, what changes if somehow magically it was a flat Earth? I don't get why. Do something else. There's more important things. It makes sense to me. I saw it on YouTube at yeah. 4 a.m. from another guy in Wichita, and therefore I'm right. Now, are flat earthers and snake handlers often sometimes the same? They seem to maybe swirling a beer while doing a shot of Buffalo Trace staring at a bottle of, of scotch. So David Chang, super famous chef, East Coast, made a, did a, started a magazine called Lucky Peach, done television. Big fan of California Chinese food. What we got a lot of here in California, real good Chinese food. We got a little valley up north of, Cal- of L.A. New York, kind of the spot for Chinese food, though. Yeah, no. David Chang flies to California to dine in the San Fernando Valley to get inspiration. And it's something I've done. I mean, you literally go there and you go from shop to shop eating dumplings, right? And you didn't ever realize that there's so many iterations of dumplings. One of the most famous being the soup dumpling. Love me a soup What's dumpling. What's the uh, famous place in the mall here? DTF. <laughs> Something like that. And if anybody's DTF, <laughs> you know, yeah, it is. Din Tai Fung, yeah. DTF. Yeah, there was a line Super at all times. fantastic. Soup dumpling. Literally has soup in the dumpling. You bite it, you suck it out. How do they put soup in a dumpling? Exactly. It's got a high collagen and high fat content. So when it's cold, it's congealed. It looks like jelly. It's like aspic. And you mix it with your other filling and you spoon that in and you you stuff your dumpling and you pleat it. And when you steam it, the gelatin turns into broth. Nice and sticky and gelatin and like, oh my God, please hurry. Get in my face. Xiaolong Bao, right? Bao. Bao. Bao is a very broad term. Yeah. Basically, a filling inside something. Yeah. 
I think more specifically, it's flower based. If you have a flower outside and something on the inside, it's a bow of some kind, right? Shaolong bao are soup dumplings. Starts with an X. They're a mixed meat. Oftentimes a mixed meat. Most commonly shrimp and pork. They're also from Shanghai. The term is Shanghainese. Do you speak Shanghainese? Why? Yeah, that's actually a thing. There was a language Shanghainese. It, just sounded, it sounded bad at the time. It's the Wu. Wu speaking Chinese speak Shanghainese. And so in Shanghainese, a Shaolong Bao is something completely different. It's pronounced Mantu. Here's what's interesting. Bao does mean bun, and Shaolong means basket. It's the thing, it's the bamboo basket that they steam it in. So And, and Bao does not have to be stuffed. So it can be a stuffed or unstuffed bun, and then if you steam it in a bamboo basket, it's Shaolong. Not to be confused with the with the chowsi the chowsi dumpling is not the soup dumpling it's not going to have that broth inside it that's going to be more like your pot sticker style dumpling i prefer the shaolong yeah i just got to be honest right uh i like the soup i like the squirt i like a little squirt in my mouth well, uh, I think we, things are, have definitely just taken just a weird turn. This is not where I thought uh, things were going today. Right, but are we going for dim sum right now? I'm definitely in the mood for dim sum. Like we've spoken about previously, I think that dim sum restaurants and tattoo parlors should basically be open 24 hours a day. Because I want all of it all the time, basically. What's the uh, spot we hit a couple times at like 3 a.m. in L.A.? The Korean. Uh, Hidori. Highly recommend it. Anytime you're in L.A., you're craving Korean food. They're open 24 hours a day. It's fantastic. One of the best bibimbaps I've ever had in my entire life. Hadori. H-O-D-O-R-I in L.A. It's on Vermont. It's bomb. What else you got? Pickles? I like them. Yeah. Dill or sweet? No sweet. <laughs> Who likes a sweet pickle? Is there anybody in the world... I mean, no, I'm, I'm trying to you. find somebody who likes a sweet pickle. I, if if you on like the a table, sweet pickle, please let me know. At the, at, if they're on the table, I'll eat them, but I'm not ordering them. I'm not buying them. Go to Facebook. Go to web. Go to anywhere. Send up a flare and tell me you like a freaking sweet pickle. Because even a bread and butter pickle. Yeah. Why do you call it that? You mean a sweet pickle that tastes like allspice? I don't want it. Yeah. Miss me with the sweet pickle, bruh. Yeah, I like a salty, briny dill pickle with not too thick a skin. I hate to have to bite through a super thick-skinned, like, late-in-the-summer cuke. Wow. I like a nice, like, more of a gherkin. Baby dill. You know? So good. I like a, um, a cornichon. Oh, yes. You know? I had some of those that sour cornichon, I don't know, a year or two ago. They were some high-end little tiny bottle. It was way too expensive. Some of the best things I've ever had. And they it's also had in there, they had the, the, the pearled onions. Like just Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yes. For sure. Give me a Gibson. Do you know what a Gibson is? 
Gibson is a martini with the cocktail onion instead of the olive. Big fan. In fact, we need to do a proper gin show. Because uh, a true martini was originally made with gin. So a real Gibson is a gin martini with a cocktail onion. That was an idea I had, by the way. I know not your your uh, your forte or your fort, technically speaking. Uh, gin episode. Got to do a gin episode. Yeah, we do. We're definitely due for a, a gin episode. Say that again. I mean, I, I definitely have a gin and tonic. On a weekly basis, if not, I mean, at least the I big gin guy. Twice a week. Here we go. It's, it's such a good summer drink. I Gimlet. mean, it's good all year round, but it's a summer drink. It's so refreshing. Gin and tonic. Oh yeah, yeah. it is. It's nice. It's refre- It's kind of refreshing. Yeah. Refreshing. You like to drink gin and tonics, Ryan, right? And get really weird. Will you tell us a story about your absolutely bizarre past? Um, when you were really weirdly hammered on gin and tonics. You know, I actually, I got an idea. I'm going to bring in a hypnotist that allows you to get in a certain kind of mental state and allows you to share some of these uh, antics from your absolutely, totally bizarre past. Um, and you can you can share that with us without feeling any kind of guilt or remorse because you're 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 hypnotized and you won't even really probably remember telling us about how absolutely weird you used to be. Would you do that? No. Okay. Good. Um, or or allegedly, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's untrue. I don't know. I mean, or not untrue. It's unfounded. I guess. Maybe you know what? My memory is better when the things aren't being recorded. Yeah, well, that's why I want. That's why I'm bringing the hypnotist. Ah, see, it helps with the, it jogs the memory. <laughs> we'll go jogging. It'll be fun. <laughs> Do I look like a guy that likes to jog? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Memories. Memories. See. See. All right. Well, it's been super fun. Does anybody have any closing thoughts they'd like to add or suggest? Topics at the Jeremy Websites podcast are those of the individuals on, yeah. not those associated with the channel, our sponsors, or WebSpring Works. Wow, that was another Fast and Furious installment of the Jeremy Webisodes podcast. Thanks a lot for joining us. As always, we very much appreciate it. Sorry about the sound quality a little bit this week. Somehow, um, I'm having a hard time with that one mic. Keeps cutting out on me. So uh, I will dig into that and try to uh, remedy that before next week. And um, and that being said, we're looking forward to having uh, Pat Keen and Yusuke in next week for uh, another Japanese-centric episode. So please do join us for that. And, uh, and get online and share your, your thoughts with us. We're, we're on Facebook, the Jeremy Webisodes Podcast, Instagram, or you can go to our webpage, uh, websworldwide.com. Let us know you're out there. Let us know you're enjoying the show. Um, we always love to hear from you. And we look forward to seeing you right here next week on the Jeremy Webisodes Podcast.